Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the Ash London podcast. What's this podcast all about? Well, like life, I'm figuring it out as I go. It'll grow and evolve as I do and as you do, hopefully. I want to figure out how to keep living my best life, even when it feels like the world is imploding. It'll be a little bit messy emotional, confronting, and hopefully we'll be able to laugh about it along the way. I just had my first baby and every Tuesday I'll be on a quest to figure out how to live my best mum life while keeping my career, passions and dreams alive in the meantime. I call it New Mum, Who Dis? Today's guest is one of those situations where you chat to somebody and you like them before, but then after you chat to them, you become their biggest fan <laughs> without wanting to name drop. It's like um, back in the day, I was like, yeah, cool, Taylor Swift, she's fine. And then I met Taylor Swift and I was a full-blown Swifty after that. And I don't know what the official like fan name is for Steph Claire Smith, but I'm one of them. Sign me up, president and treasurer. So Steph started out um, modeling at a young age and has since blossomed into an entrepreneur, business owner, a wife and a mama. She co-founded Fitness Empire, Keep It Cleaner with her bestie, Laura Henshaw, which now counts over 250,000 members from all over the world. In 2019, they launched KickPod, their podcast, which has over 5 million downloads. Not bad. Not bad at all. Now, before we get into it, if you're wondering if there's a small dinosaur um, in the background, no, I ended up having to breastfeed for the first couple minutes of the chat um, one of those days. But of course, Steph being a new mama also didn't even bat an eyelid. She became a mama this year to the gorgeous Harvey, and I can't wait for you to get to know her a little bit better today, just like I did. Hello, Steph Klesmith. Thanks so much for having me. I'm stoked to be on. I can see in the background you've got, we've got it too, one of those the star things from like yeah so what day did you choose what moment have you captured in the stars our friends actually got that for us after we got engaged so it's the stars from the night we got engaged that's a lot I think ours is from our wedding night it's so special oh look at us so cute (laughs) (laughs) so we always like to start first of all tell everyone listening about the little human that's made you a mum Oh, yeah. Okay. So Harvey is seven months or just about to be seven months old. Um, He's our first and he's such a little legend. We've been really, really fortunate. He's been super happy and healthy and yeah, everything's great so far. Awesome. Loving it. Lovely. So take me back to life when you were a kid Mm. and what you thought about motherhood, whether that's from your own mother or motherly influences and what you kind of imagined your journey would look like. I always had a yearning to be a mum. Like I, I've always loved kids, loved babies, um, and I grew up really close with my mum. I mean, I went through that stage in high school where, you know, mum wasn't cool and I didn't want to hang out with her and she just didn't quite get me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she's always been there for me. She's always been an incredible mum. And 
it was just a dream come true when I could finally kind of make that step. I mean, I always kind of said that I wanted to be a mum early, but then when modelling kind of took off for me and then Keep a Cleaner started, you know, my focus was elsewhere. And I mean, my focus is still very much strongly on kick, but it just felt right and it felt like time for Josh and I to kind of take that next step together and yeah it's all falling into place pretty pretty nice (laughs) lovely life does have a tendency to do that I think if you don't hold on to things too tightly and you're not insistent about like when exactly it's going to happen and how I think life generally does work out for the better yeah for the good yeah um you and Josh did meet each other pretty early on in life and you know that's for a lot of people you know like I met my husband, I was in my 30s. And then it was mm. like, well, of course, we'll have babies straight away. We're in our mid-30s now. But it was different for you because you were younger. So how did that mm. kind of affect the way you planned? Like, was there always a plan? Did you always know you wanted to have kids with him? When did you first kind of broach the subject? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so we've been together almost 10 years now and we've known each other for about 16. Um, He was kind of my crush throughout high school. And so when we started dating, I kind of knew that it was going to be him for the rest of my life. And certainly as we moved out together and had those kind of milestones, um, the conversation of what our future looks like together definitely did come up quite a bit. And kids were something that we both really, really, really wanted in life. Um, he couldn't wait to be a dad. So That's so sweet. Yeah, <laughs> it is sweet. Um, and we're just really fortunate with both, like what we do, what he does for a living, and he's super, super flexible. And mm. so even when it comes time to me, because at the moment I'm kind of like half on mat leave, um, half back at work, when it comes time to me kind of dipping my toes in even deeper, it's we're really fortunate that we've, We've both got it. We're a bit, we're a bit of a team, and yeah. um, he can tap in really flexibly. So, yeah, it's been, it's been amazing, and it's, it's really, really sweet, kind of seeing that person that you've grown up with and that you love, kind of turn into a dad and watch him love something that you love oh. so much. And it's just, I don't know, it's the best. <laughs> Speaking of um, sharing it, I'm going to get Adrian to come now. Adi, <laughs> who was standing by before, just off camera, like, okay. do you need me to take it? Do you need me to take it? I was like, no, so fine. cute. What is he like? Three months? Old? Not even. He's ten weeks. <gasps> his buddy. Oh, oh usually, <laughs> usually he's a lot happier than that. Amazing. So, what? How did you imagine him? He would be as a father. Was it as you imagined? In which ways did he surprise you, or has he kind of really come up good? Yeah, he's. Well, I mean, it sounds weird, but I compare it to how he treats our dog Ari. <laughs> And he's super, super affectionate and playful with Ari and really present. And um, so I could kind of see all that and I could kind of imagine that he would be the same with his own baby. And he really has been. He is patient, more patient than I am. Um, He is really, really beautiful with little Harvey. And I know how excited he is for the day that, you know, he can start putting him on a motorbike or on the trampoline. All that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. they don't really do much at the start. (laughs) Like, no, but I don't know what it is. Josh can make Harvey laugh like nobody else. Like I, I really try, and Josh yeah. has to do like barely anything. And I'm so laugh. cruel. You're like, I'm the mom. Like I will try for like most times so long to burp him, and then Adrian will be like, come on, and then he like touches him, and as soon as they, as soon as his hands touch Buddy, Buddy's like, Bleh. I'm like. <laughs> what it's like 3 a.m and i'm sweating and i've been awake for 40 minutes and he just rolls in allow me it's like yeah but i think i think mother nature has to give them those bonding moments so that you know they feel like they're kind of part of it totally 
Um, so focusing on you, mm-hmm. and we'll get more into kind of the parenthood stuff um, from the two of you, but, you know, obviously you modelled from a young age and you moved mm-hmm. to New York mm-hmm. and I've never worked as a model in New York personally. It hasn't been part of my repertoire. But I would imagine that for someone, you're young, you're overseas in a very competitive industry, mm-hmm. how did that kind of affect your sense of self is that something that strengthens your belief in okay this is my lane or mm. did you get a bit muddled up in there yeah completely muddled it, yeah. I lost my sense of self completely um I went over there very very excited motivated and confident little model <laughs> <laughs> um I was working pretty well here in Australia so I, I yeah I went over there really excited to kind of start again in a new city and I knew I knew that's that was the case I knew I wasn't going to go in there and people were going to know who I was or anything like that um so I was motivated for that challenge but I was not expecting it to be what it was um I think to put it simply the agency that I was with when I got to New York uh I was definitely an object and not a human Mm. and I they were trying to push me for for jobs and and kind of like a category that just wasn't me and because I was so excited to be there and I knew that it was going to be harder and I knew that it was like a more intense industry I was just kind of ready to do whatever they said and to really try and fit in and I mean that's what everyone else there that I met did so it was just kind of what you did you did anything um and that included like trying to go out at night and I wasn't even old enough like in America you have to be 21 to do that and I was 20 so um even that was like kind of challenging and then you know people would like pick up smoking so that they would you know go on the smoking breaks with the director of shoots and stuff like that and get closer with people and um so all of that kind of networking stuff didn't feel very natural to me but then also obviously on the the body image side of things um you know I was doing things like with my diet and restricting myself to a whole nother level and then when it came to exercise you know just going to extremes because my day-to-day the only reason I was over there was to try and get these dream jobs and dream clients and I was just going to do anything that my agency told me to do and all they were telling me to do was lose weight any way I could really and the stuff that came out of their mouths of what like I just can't believe people actually people and I think it still happens which is super mm. sad but um yeah I did I definitely lost my confidence I left my lost my bubbly nature um and it wasn't until I moved back home I was there for about 10 months it wasn't until I moved back home and started working with my regular clients back here people like bras and things and and you know clients that I've had for years who love me for me and yeah. you know serve me sandwiches and chocolate on set <laughs> and now um, we're talking <laughs> You know, that's when I started to feel myself again. But it was it was a really, really long journey. It wasn't yeah. to say, you know, I came home and suddenly I was confident in my own skin. I had lost a lot of that confidence and it, it took years to kind of remove guilt around food and oh. remove that pressure around exercise. It was yeah. a very long journey. And how did you have the – where did you get the guts to actually make the call? Because I think – especially as a woman, it's like we have to succeed at everything. We don't want to fail, mm-hmm. especially when mm-hmm. you've gone overseas and you – sold yourself this dream there is a sense of you know like obviously you didn't fail you made a really healthy great decision to come home and look your life has flourished because of it but how hard was it to pull the trigger and go okay I need to remove myself from this and it's time to go home I think it was hard because I had put this kind of 
I put this pressure on myself to, you know, make it over there and then come back as some successful, yeah. you know, overseas model and make it an international supermodel kind of title. And I had this pressure on myself, which no one else was putting on me. And, you know, my Australian agency was just keen for me to come home. Yeah. So they, weren't, <laughs> they weren't even like putting that on me. Um, but so that was kind of tr- like keeping me there. But it's funny. I, that you asked that question because not long ago, oh, it's probably about a year ago now, but I went back and looked at old emails um, between me and my agent back then. And I reckon it just got to a point where something snapped inside me where some, some part of my old self came back through and was like, you're better than this. This is not on what they're doing. Isn't right. Like if they don't want you fine, leave them because I started to kind of bite back a little bit. Like yeah. there were some emails where, I literally said to them, look, I know my measurements aren't where you want to be, but there's plenty of beauty clients. Like, why aren't you sending me to, you know, hair things or, you know, makeup things? Like, just send me elsewhere um, because I I think I can do it. And then, yeah, and they'd they'd start to, like, send me things that I didn't want to go to or cattle calls that I knew I wasn't appropriate for. And I would would just start to, like, kind of refuse things. And then they literally just stopped talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah but it was it was funny because I went back and I saw that email where I was kind of like well no like I I've actually oh and I was really sad I also saw emails where I was like oh do I have to do measurements today like I just got my period like because they oh. were measuring me twice a week and there was all just this pressure and you know emails from them saying like just you know you've got a casting tomorrow don't drink any water in the morning like just really stupid things and um yeah when I could when I could see that kind of point where I started to talk back a little bit Mm. and started to kind of stand up for myself and be like well no hang on a minute um that was pretty soon after that I I you know spoke to my Australian agency and we got out of my contract with that agency and I found it found a different one over there who yeah weren't going to put that pressure on me um but by that point I was ready to come home yeah for sure yeah and I think for for many of us who find ourselves succeeding at anything it is really hard to separate our identity as a person and our identity as this whatever it is we do, dancer, yeah. singer, model, actress, yeah. radio host, whatever. Yeah. yeah, totally. So did you, did you, are you the kind of person whereby those two people have to kind of be exactly the same or do you mm. keep part of you for just, you know, to protect the yeah. public? How do you kind of marry those two things in a way that works for you? Because I know that experience would have really helped you to do that and kind of, you know. Yeah. Totally. Well, I mean, from the beginning, you know, when I started Instagram, for example, where my kind of personality or brand really Mm. did grow, um, I started it just a normal account, just sharing my modeling experiences with my friends and family so they could keep up to date. Like I certainly didn't start it to try and make myself anybody. Um, And so I think because it started that way, really raw and really me, it's always been that way. I've always shared the same sort of content, you know, fitness, my dog, um, (laughs) my friends, my family, my travels, my photo shoots. Like I've always shared every kind of part of my life. And, um, but you're right. That kind of huge experience for me, um, it was a couple of years after when I'd started to come out of those horrible relationships with myself um, that I was strong enough to kind of talk about them and Mm. actually show a much more raw side of me online that wasn't fluffy and like a rainbow and, you know, show that life wasn't always so perfect. And um, I think from there, that's, that's where I've really truly been able to just care a little less about what I 
out there because it's just it is who who I am. It, it's me, and um, I think particularly I don't know if you found this Ash, but ever since I've become a mum, um, like I literally have zero fucks. Zero. <laughs> oh know. my god! Why would you care about dumb shit? <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like completely okay with just being exactly who I am now, and that that includes you know publicly as well as yeah. you know. In my- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Private life. Do you think the experience, that experience in America and mm. really did prepare you for motherhood? Because like I have there's no part of me that like my job or whatever that relies on my body or my fitness or whatever yet it it was still like quite confronting to see this new body in mm. mirror you know mm. um but having had that experience in any way do you think it kind of prepared you for the a give zero mm. fucks mm. b your body is changing and c you really have to kind of stick to your guns in motherhood because so many people give you so much advice that you have to be like you and then ignore did it help I think it did because because I've come such a long way and I've come out of that you know much more connected with myself and you know much more positive in my own skin I think that without that experience you know if I'd never had an experience like that with my body um, and then I'd had something like motherhood where your body does change mm. and things happen and yeah it probably would have been a bit of a shock to the system um, and I wouldn't have known how to manage it but now I did definitely have some insecurities throughout my pregnancy and even postpartum things popped up but they were old kind of insecurities or old little habits that would kind of creep in and then because I knew where I once was and I've come such a long way I was very quick to kind of squash them yeah or push them you recognize it 100 yeah that's fantastic and <laughs> I want to talk about the kind of the business side because you're super yeah. entrepreneurial and when I kind of look at everything you've done it's it's amazing and it's Thanks. obvious that that's something you're passionate about that you're good at mm. and that's not something that just kind of like starts one day you wake up and you're like I'm gonna start 14 businesses and you know mm. like you don't it's always mm. part of you so mm. were you always an entrepreneurial kind of person were you that kid that was always dreaming up ideas and having garage sales whatever like <laughs> what did that look like I was always really creative um, and I was always in like team sports and loved being a leader or a team captain. Um, so I suppose in that aspect, yeah, I, I, I did see that. But, you know, when it comes to actual business, I didn't study business. I was terrible at things like maths and science. And, you know, I was very arty, sporty student. So yeah. I really did not see when I was leaving high school, I did not see myself ever owning my own business like that just I wouldn't have even dreamed of it let alone um, (laughs) aimed for it or anything like that and so when I think what happened though is through modeling you know as we touched on earlier you begin to build a personality which becomes your own personal brand and you know I was working with these incredible companies and meeting incredible people and awesome opportunities were coming up and I yeah I kind of just got really motivated to to see where that could go and I think when it comes to being an entrepreneurial spirit, Laura, my business partner, 
who's also my best friend, um, we have a really beautiful balance when it comes to running kick because I would say that out of the two, I am probably the more uh, content person. Like we both have huge dreams for what we want to do with kick and we, you know, we're both incredibly driven, but I'm, I'm really quite happy every time we reach something, I'm quite happy. She's the one that's the <laughs> big goal dreamer that's driven to do more. And, and it's only because, you know, I mean, we're both equally as passionate, but it's really incredible to kind of have that balance, I think, to have one person in who's just like, yep, cool, let's go again or let's, you know, keep going. And it's, it's awesome to have her spirit. But then at the same time, it's, I think um, often it's nice as well, like if something doesn't quite go right. Yeah you know, that, that she might get really stressed about or um, a bit anxious about, you know, I often kind of then remind us of what we've done and, so yeah, I'm a little, little bit more of the, like, let's just take it slow, content yeah. kind of and gal. And also, like, <laughs> take stock. It's good to take a moment to actually go, okay, instead of us, we've achieved this, instead mm. of us reaching for the next thing, let's take a moment to look around and have some gratitude and, like, pat yeah. ourselves on the back for how far we've come. I think that's also a really nice balance, which I'm sure you bring as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, we, we really need each other in that. Like if, if she wasn't around, you know, maybe we wouldn't have hit some huge milestones that yeah. we've got to because I wouldn't have been quite as, I don't know, driven or excited because I'm quite happy with what we've done. And then vice versa, she might not have been able to, you know, kind of celebrate every little win yeah. um, because she's so focused on the big goal. Um which is, yeah, it's an awesome balance and I, I love working with her. So you've kind of got a wife and a husband, really, when you look oh, at yes. your life. <laughs> we, we are married, absolutely. Laura and I always, always say that. <laughs> so when it's time to bring a baby into the equation mm. and, you know, there's a successful business yeah. and your, your career and then, of course, you know, Josh has got his own life mm. and then Laura. Yeah. Like <laughs> how do you... It's, I mean, maybe you just were like, whatever, we got pregnant and then we, it all worked. Or yeah, maybe yeah. there had to be some conversations with Laura, with, you know, about like, hey, logistically, yeah. how is this going to look? Because, yeah. you know, you can't just take 10 months off and turn yeah. your emails <laughs> off. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. So what did that no. look like? Yeah, I mean, so before we even started trying, I mean, for years, because Laura and I have been um, best mates for like seven years now, she knew, you know, how badly I wanted to be a mum and um, that that was kind of always sitting in the back of my mind. Um, And I think especially once we became married and it it was like even creeping up even more just because Mm -hmm. of, you know, society's, that's the norm. And like as soon as you get married, it's like, when are you having kids? And um, I mean, it just so happened that that happened in that order for us, like, which, you know, we didn't necessarily plan. Um, Really what happened was we were meant to be going on our honeymoon in July, 2020, and then COVID happened. Mm. So we tried it for a baby instead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, no, and when we started trying, we wanted to be really relaxed about it. And we also didn't know how, you know, long it was going to take, you know, Laura and I've had the pleasure of speaking to a lot of different women about their different experiences. And we've learned a lot, which we, I suppose, really appreciate because I think before having those honest conversations, you know, Mm. we've had that thing in the back of our mind from high school that it's just so easy to get pregnant, you know, you better be on the pill or you'll get pregnant as soon as you have sex. Look at the penis, you'll get pregnant. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so I, I kind of had no expectations of how long or how, 
short that would would take us. Um, and I think Laura and I were just we, our team had been building. Um, you know, our roles had been kind of getting more cemented in. She was so driven. She's our CEO now, and she's bloody killing it. She's um, doing an amazing job, and she's seriously flourishing in that position. And you know, it was just a, a point that it it was good to to do, and it was it was fine to do so. And it was so funny because we years ago we would joke about trying to get pregnant at the same time, but now that one of us is being pregnant and has had a newborn, we are so happy that <laughs> we did not plan that. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that would not have worked out. Um, and I'm just incredibly lucky to have. I think when you when your business partner is your best mate, and you know you love and respect each other the way you do, you know, she's given us space and time. Um, but on the, on the flip side, like I love what I do. Kick yeah. was my first baby. So, you know, since he was being born and basically since I popped, I've still been around. I yeah. haven't got, I think it was really only his first week of being born when we were in the hospital that I actually had slack, you know, our communications turned off um, <laughs> because I just have so much FOMO. So I'm definitely not, you know, I'm not in the office every day. I'm only in there probably once, maybe once or twice a week. Um, and then I'm just online a couple of days a week or I'm there if the team needs me or even for things like this, you know, yeah. appointments and um, meetings and stuff do pop up. But um, other than that, yeah, I'm kind of just just working out that balance. And I think I had this misconception when he was a newborn. I was like, yeah, by the time he's six months, he'll be like, we'll know what we're doing. He'll be right and I'll be ready to come back and full time and everything yeah. but I'm just I mean I'm so emotionally attached and I'm I know I'm just not mentally ready for that load of work yet yeah. um because anytime that I have tried to take more on I get incredibly overwhelmed and I just don't execute things you know the way I, I want to be doing them you know to the 100 percent that I should be so um yeah it's been a bit of a juggle and I'm still working through it but it's it is what it is yeah. it's a learning curve <laughs> what do you think has been the most surprising thing for you as far as how you have taken to motherhood how it's kind of felt within your body within your spirit mm. I think I I mean I always heard about motherly instincts but like I think until you feel them you don't realize how real they are yeah, so true. <laughs> um you know I just know what he needs and I'm even when I'm asleep, I'm half asleep, ready to pounce. Like, right? I mean, He's like, just, ah, and you're like, I'm here, yeah. I'm up. Yeah. And, and like, I don't know about you, but Adrian's like. Yeah. And I'm like, how can you how sleep? Are you, what? How are you <laughs> sleeping right now? And even, you know, we had Laura's wedding the other week and it was the first two nights that I slept without the monitor next to my bed for seven months. And I didn't really sleep because I. <laughs> I just kept checking my phone expecting like a missed call from mum to yeah. say like, I don't know, even though he's a good sleeper, I don't know. I just thought <laughs> I'm not with him. Something's going to go wrong. Um, but no, I just, I think what I'm loving is how much is coming natural to me. I mean, yeah. like I, I'm a big, a big, big, um, I, I, I love reaching out to people and asking questions and leaning on people for support. And I have my little mother's group and, you know, I, I love doing that and I always get advice from everyone and any anyone. But at the end of the day, it's funny how often what I was going to, like what I was kind of planning to do ends up being what everyone tells me to do. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I was in the right, mm. <laughs> I was thinking the right yeah. thing. Right. It's <laughs> so, so nice. Curing. <laughs> it's so lovely. And mm. um, as a, as a moment of celebration, because I don't think we do this enough, 
<laughs> Which parts of motherhood do you think you're like nailing? That you're like, yes, I am really good at this part of motherhood. Oh. Or what parts of you make you a great mom? Yeah, I. That's a really hard question. I um. I think just that you know, even with everything that's going on, you know, coming out of lockdown, social life, seeing family and friends, and then obviously work and everything that comes with that. The way that I've been able to kind of be able to do all those things, wear all those hats, but still be really present with him. Mm. I'm really proud of because that's something that, you know, it's really important to me that I stay, you know, really strong in his life and mm. um, in his memories for all the all, all time. So I am, um, yeah, I'm really proud that I've been able to kind of manage that. I mean, there's days where I'm absolutely not managing it yeah. and I'm losing my shit and I'm overwhelmed and have emotional breakdowns, you know, five a day. But yeah. I think because I've been able to kind of pull myself out of that and at least have some good days, that's, you know, that's awesome. <laughs> mm, that's lovely. And yeah. if you, if we ask the question to you, Steph mm. Clesmith, what does living mm. your best life look like when you imagine, you know, and it might be exactly where you are right now, I don't know, mm. Um, mm. or when you look to the future, what, you know, what are you aiming for? What's the gold standard? And what, what will be like, yes, I did good. It's a good yeah. life. For my current goals and, you know, where I'm at in life, I am living my dream right now. Like with everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm doing with Kik, what we are, where we are as a family, what we are as a family, I can honestly say that I'm living the dream and I wouldn't change a thing. Um, looking forward, you know, five, ten, ten years maybe ahead, I am definitely one of those people. I was really, really keen to work really, really hard young, mm. um, which I have been doing. And do that to a point that I can, you know, financially set myself up to comfortably step back and be a flexible stay at home mom. Like mm. I am so excited for the day that, yeah, that I'm <laughs> just that, that, but again, that's not now what, yeah. what we're doing now is definitely my dream. But I think if I can get to a point where, yeah, I can, can kind of be financially stable and be really flexible with work life balance for the rest of my life, that's, the dream come true for me. I, you know, love and what's that. it going to take? But, um, because I think it's well, you know we have we have the plan, but what do you? Yeah. Know? Is it a matter of discipline? Is it a matter of, like what do you what what do you do mm. to enact that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've got a lot. We've still got a lot of dreams and and goals to tick off with Kick that we are super stoked about. You know, some of them are short term and others are long term, and we're both so passionate about making all those dreams come true and reaching more and more people and helping more and more people live a healthier life. Um, you know, that's definitely in the forefront right now. Um, so I've still got to. We still got to work our little Love butts it. off on Kick, and then yeah, we'll we'll see what happens after that. Beautiful. And for women that are listening who maybe they're want to get pregnant, want to have a baby, but they're looking at their life going, oh, I don't want to step back from work. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they're, you know, already have a baby and they have mm -hmm. a little creative project or a passion or something they want to mm -hmm. do. What would your advice be? But not to juggle because I hate the word juggle. Yeah, but yeah, for yeah. someone that wants it all, um, yeah. because I believe we, especially in this country, we as women, we really can have it all. What would yeah. your advice to those people be? I think there's the the quote, you know, you can have it all, just not all at once, I think is a really important thing to remember. Um, and I don't mean, you know, you know, over this year, you can't have it all at once. I mean, day to day, you know, yeah. I can't be in the office and working really hard and being amazing at that at the same time as, 
being at home with Harvey and present with Harvey and seeing my friends at the same time. Like, obviously I can't do everything in, in one day. So, you know, some days my um, priorities are going to lean a little bit more towards looking after Harvey. And then other days it's going to be more in at work. And I, I know that, you know, each day, sometimes I just have to take it as it comes and, um, and accept that. But I think one piece of advice I would say, which is something I still have to remind myself of quite often is uh, reach out for help and accept help as well. I think, you know, we put this pressure on us to be able to do it all and to do it all perfectly and execute it all on our own. Um, you know, if you're having people over and they say, can I bring something? Say yes. Yeah. If you, <laughs> like, so true. It's just, you know, I don't know why we why we feel like, no, 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 it's, I can do everything. <laughs> I can look after the baby and finish up all my emails and do the shopping and make a platter for everyone. And cure cancer. Do I'll do it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think just just um, just accept that, you know, each day you're not going to be able to balance everything perfectly mm. um, and that's fine and accept help when, when it's offered to you and reach out when it's not. Crazily enough, I think every single woman I have interviewed on this podcast has said the most important thing is to accept help. No matter who they are, what they do, it's been the one theme. So I'm hoping that everyone listening by now, it has really been hit home strong that we need to accept help. <laughs> Steph, you're an absolute legend, mate. Thank you. I know oh, half an hour so. is, a, is a lot of time when you are no. a working mama. So I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It was so nice to chat to you. Well, thank you so much to Steph for making time for today's episode. I know how insane it is to find half an hour free when you have a baby, so it means a lot. And I'll remember that quote from her. You can have it all, just not all at once. If you like today's episode and want to support the project, I would love it if you'd subscribe and leave a review. But more importantly, I want to hear from you. You can shoot me an email anytime with questions, guest suggestions, feedback, whatever. Hello at ash.london. Big love. Audio production on the Ash London podcast is by Dom Evans with research by Maddie Hewson. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.